everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpinito, your Features Editor. Andrew Rotten, Editor-in-Chief. Relig Doggett, Site Founder. Andrew Stretch, Space Religion Editor. Oh, oh no. You're a Scientologist <laughs> now? No, 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 the, the different space religion, the good oh. one. Uh, uh, <laughs> have you heard the good space word? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Halo Infinite later today, if... I hope that's clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we do, let's talk about some news. Uh, Bioshock 4 might be a thing, perhaps. Uh, there are rumors that are suggesting that Bioshock 4 will take place in Antarctica and that the name of the game will be Bioshock Isolation. Thoughts? I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay we got both oh, sides of the spectrum insight. yeah yeah i because i mean this isn't going to be ken levine right because he is not working on bioshock anymore he's working on his own right. thing that we don't know about um so this called sayobach weird <laughs> shyobach that's right yeah where you use the powers in your right hand and the guns in your left hand yep Man, that would mess me up. <laughs> I think legitimately a game that if I picked up the controller and I had to fire everything with my left with my left uh, index finger, that might actually ruin a game for me. I would look to remap those controls. Yeah, stretch. I get it. You hate left-handed people. Get wow. it. That's fine. I yeah. mean, they, it is sinister, right? And that whole yeah, something sinister. something Latin origins exactly. something. <laughs> you guys, left-handed people are evil. Wow, I feel hated right well, now. Well, you've seen, you know, Simpsons, Flanders, the left-hand story. You tell yeah, yeah. me that Ned's not evil. No, he's <laughs> pure. That's that's where they trick you. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to a new to a new adventure in the Bioshock universe. Um, I know that Infinite got a whole lot of flack for its three deep five me ending, mm-hmm. um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. That I you know that kind of going through the game somewhat linearly to get it like all expanded out and into some great cosmic you know there is always a man there is always a lighthouse parallels to the story um i guess that also makes me less fearful about ken levine not being part of a project because they have such a a solid blueprint that you know create a story um and, and have it tie back into these different, you know, worlds that are all built on, you know, what if we took this concept or this ideal, but pushed it up to a hundred to the mm. point that, you know, it's a bit crazy, gets into a lunacy and almost parody of itself. Um, yeah. I'd love to see it. This one's about climate change. That's why oh, we're going to Antarctica, but yep. it's actually a desert. Well, that, I mean, it already is a desert. Yeah, technically it is a desert. It's true. Yeah. You're right. It's a nice desert. It's a very desert. cold desert. Yeah. 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 I, I do think uh, with Bioshock, right, the, the magic of that series is the story of the first one. I think that's the thing that brought most people into really liking what Bioshock is, right? Um, the sequels after that are kind of hit and miss depending on where you land with it all right and how the story hits you but i think the further that series goes the better the gameplay gets so with this game even if ken levine isn't going to be attached to you know blow our minds with lighthouses and shit 
I have kind of high hopes for the gameplay. I hope it just feel like, because I mean, there's just something viscerally satisfying about shocking someone and then whacking them with a crowbar, right? Like, just feels good. Yeah, that's Bioshock always had like a good a good heft to its melee. Like it wasn't just like a bit of an uh, and then you like move through the enemies, but like it was like a solid hit. Oh yeah, um, you felt the weight of those of those attacks for sure. Violent. Do you not like the violence? It's just you know, that's, I hear games are all about it. It's just you guys just sitting around talking about violence. They encourage me to go out and murder, according oh, no. to the well, to the news media. Yeah, thank you, Fox. Well, violence yeah. and an, and animal nudists. <laughs> yeah, I think it's well, interesting that that follow up report talked about kind of like a, an open world and a faction system in four, which would be a very <sighs> big difference from oh. the first few. Yeah, oh, that was a big sigh. Well, it's it's really uh, these very narrative focused games that the, if you want to go into open world, it's always like open world comes with big trade offs, particularly when it comes to narrative, and all like no everybody screws it up. Like it, they're always it's almost never worth it. Sometimes where you, it's because part of the open world is there's a bit of a grind to it a lot of times where you're getting through or going to something or whatever, and yeah, it's checklisty. It, it, yeah, it always always screws with the story you're like oh yeah that last story beat i did was like two hours ago what was happening again and then, and then you also get back into it that that inherent difficulty of well if my player can now go to one of eight different locations you know what story can i like yeah. if i am trying to delve out story then how can i guarantee that you know we won't just start talking about this thing in one bit of story as if it's matter of fact and then introduce that story element in a different open world location. It you know it's just like inherently yeah, uh, makes it difficult. You get those difficult. those weird contrived stories like go collect these six things that are around the city, and <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, I think you're both just underestimating the six D chess that they're going to be playing in Bioshock Isolation. 6D, Truly is mind blowing. This, is Nomura making it or mm-hmm. Kojima? Yeah, they're bringing, they're bringing them in. Is yeah. this secretly Death Stranding too? You play as Norman Reedus. Oh God, yes, <laughs> I'm in. It's actually going to be called Bioshock Four Monster Energy. That's right. Because isn't, <laughs> hey, isn't that you're drinking those like powers, but instead you're drinking various Monster Energy flavors? Oh yeah, like powers. you drink you drink Monster <laughs> Java, and that's what gives you like <laughs> speed boost, super super speed. speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all of them would give you a speed boost, right? I guess. <laughs> If you drink right. 300 of them, time stops like in Futurama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now that we've got the uh, the Monster Energy sponsored segment out of the way. On to um, the pickles. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they're, <laughs> no. more, they're happier damn. than Plastic is with this. Uh, here's, I'm so glad you said it because my brain was like, okay, was it Clausen or Vlasic? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the these, these cannot be the weekly discussions that we have. <laughs> Please what, no. Pickles? Fine, Techraptor, fine. I'll, Techraptor's I'll bring primary color is green. That's right. Pickles are green. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bring us back to Warcraft 3 porn. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we've now hit on Pickles, Nomura, Warcraft 3 porn. Are there any other staples of the, po- the Techraptor podcast that we're missing at this point? 
Uh, so, I mean, we're also not talking about content, so <laughs> just the way nailing that as yeah, well. Well, that's, that's exactly, that's what we do. It's a balanced diet here. <laughs> yeah. uh, in other news, uh, Joseph Ferris, the uh, the man behind Hazelight Studio, the, the, the fuck the Oscars guy, uh, with Game Awards coming so soon, right? It's nice to remember that moment. Um, his studio has been hit with a copyright claim because their video game, It Takes Two, which came out this year, uh, apparently sounds very close to a major video game publisher, Take Two. This is actually, yeah. this is an important thing to bring up because Andrew, I've been meaning to have this conversation with you oh, no. that, mm. you know, I just, you, we can't have two Andrews uh, at Tech Raptor. So I've, I've legally copyrighted my first name. Um, and you're going to have to change uh, your name legally. I think it's, it's the just courts will recognize that we are two so vastly different that it doesn't matter. Nope. Yeah, plus I think it takes two Andrews to really <laughs> keep this place oh, running, you know? Man. Oh, We're going to call you Drew. Done. <laughs> Who, me? Which one? Yeah, yeah, which one? No, I was here first. Stretching, <laughs> stretching Drew. No. Ugh. Well, we call Stretch Stretch, though, so like... Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, if your last name is Stretch, you're going to be called Stretch. Yeah, that's that just true. comes with the name. Yeah. I think that this is so just poor sportsmanship from Take Two. It's, this is like very, shocking. Very little dick energy needs to needs to <laughs> push it around. Because I mean, there's there's been so many stories that they've also been doing this with, you know, Rockstar and things related to GTA that there's there's a axe throwing company in Orlando that got served a, a copyright strike um, because they used the word rockstar in their title and it's like if you're going to if you're going to stop people from using a word a word that has been around for a lot longer than you as a company and a word that will probably continue to be representative of rockstars <laughs> um, going forward to, to look at a tiny, you know, I believe independently owned business and be like, no, screw you. I'm going to take this name. That's just so petty. No one in their right mind is going to mix up. Like your reputation is not going to get damaged by, if anything, people potentially mistaking It Takes Two as being a game related to Takes Two, the company, probably be a positive <laughs> for their current reputation. Yeah, kind of. And I don't I don't want to speak ill of our sponsors, but lest we remember that Monster Energy are the reason that uh Ubisoft had to rename one of their games. It's right? True. Remember yeah, Phoenix Immortal uh, Oh yeah. Ri Rising Immortal Phoenix Immortal Friday? Phoenix uh, Immortals Rising. Yeah, very memorable name. Immortals Breath of the Wild Rising. Yeah, no, it is Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Yeah, um, that you used joke, to be God's. But it was a fun game. Well, it had heart. Uh, I mean, well, what? so it used to be called Gods and Monsters. <laughs> that's a much and then Monster, name. yeah, and then then Monster Energy was like, yeah, but that's our name. I guess that's, I guess. that's ridiculous. A monster with the old, a, just a generic word, right? Yeah. See, yeah. I thought that, and I'm not a trademark lawyer, um, but you don't I say. feel like. At least from what I understand of trademark law, you have to go after things that potentially damage your IP, and none of that applies. I mean, like, they're a big gods gaming and monsters. Brand now. It's not like Phoenix Monster Energy Drink. Like at that point, okay. Um, same thing with Take Two. Like it takes two. 
is literally a phrase. I guess I wonder like, I wonder if because Monster also has don't they have like the Monster Energy Motocross series of games? Supercross, yeah. Um, they, they're maybe, one of the biggest games of all time too. Well, they used to be, not anymore. What? Yeah, in the definitive edition, what? Wait, what? um they they Monster Energy drink cans oh, got replaced right. with a generic brand. Um What? How can that be the definitive edition then? It's true. Kojima it's had a really downgrade. bad one and just decided so what this does, can't be in my game What anymore. does he even call it? Because it even says in the thing that your monster like canteen's not full or whatever and stuff. <laughs> this is an outrage. So Forget I, I this. Did it double takes check. two news. This is news to me. <laughs> I did double check. And yeah, in 2018, there was a Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game, um, based on the, the, the Supercross events that Monster holds in the real world. So mm-hmm. I think... And arguably I, I the fact that's that, why yeah the fact that mm-hmm. like monster as a brand is used in the title of a video game maybe is what allows them to to push it more for of gods and monsters i guess but man that's still um, like so that small. still doesn't apply to it takes two mm-hmm. and becoming take two yeah uh, and I mean, it is a shame that that's happening for It Takes Two because I know that's been nominated for a few awards, right? It's gotten a lot of buzz over the year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's going to be real rough, like what if they have to change the name, right, in a year or something. Like the game formerly known as It Takes Two, right? Yeah. What if they just change it to something like It Gives Three? <laughs> <laughs> just small enough to be a to be a middle finger. Yeah. Are they just taking the game it, formerly known it as? It has taken two. <laughs> it took. It took dose. Yeah, yeah. Just make it in different language. <laughs> Boom, done. There it is. Uh, our final news story for the week uh, is Game Pass. We're going to talk about <laughs> Game Pass, brought to you by Sony. Yeah, Game Pass, Maybe. but on the better console. A interesting PC. Well, Game this Pass is already to buy PC. a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according to reporting in Bloomberg, uh, Sony is working on a Game Pass competitor, but it's not quite like Xbox Game Pass. Um, so, you know, this is all kind of behind the scenes reporting. So things could change if and when it's officially announced. But this uh, this whole project is being codenamed Spartacus. And there are three tiers to it. The first tier is basically what PlayStation Plus is right now, where you get a couple free games, quote unquote, free games every month. You can play online with your friends. Uh, Tier two adds a catalog of PS4 games that will also include some PS5 games down the line. And then tier three adds extended demos. So... You, I don't know, you could probably play a demo of certain exclusives early or something like that. Uh, game streaming and a library of classic games from PS1, 2, 3, and the PSP. No PS I, Vita, still shafted. Yeah, I'd be curious of the pricing. I feel mm. like that that's going to be a big factor in whether or not this service is worth it. Mm. Um, you know, if tier 3 is more than $15 a month, Mm. To, yeah. at least to me like you know xbox game pass yeah for 15 dollars a month i can it's either on my xbox or it's on my pc and i have tons of of options 
Um, it being cross-platform, too, is a huge bonus for that $15 a month. Um, well, and uh, it's new games. Like, yeah. You're getting yeah, the stuff the that just comes out a lot. Like, you got it on release day or whatever. Not just first-party Xbox games. There's other big third-party games you get, too. So, it's like... PlayStation, I think, is... They, they do have a good catalog of games. Um, they, if, I hope they're not taking the very uh, hubris-filled you know, approach like Nintendo. We're like, you know what? Here's one fucking Nintendo 64 game. That's all we're going to do one at a time. Because Paper Mario just is get, coming to that now. It's like, that's how good our shit is. You're getting one. We're trickling one a month to you. It's like, geez. <laughs> I kind of worry that's the direction it's going. I just, no, I, I don't know. I don't get good vibes from Sony. Well, uh, Sony definitely years. thinks that they're way more prestige than anything Xbox has, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. that's how they see themselves. So I think that's how they're going to try to market this in some way. And I, it's just not going to be as desirable for people, I don't think, if that's... Especially, like, cause the, one of the big coolest things about Xbox is that you do get the first-party things day one. Like, there's no, you don't mm-hmm. have to buy it. You just get it. And there's, I can't see Sony being like, yeah, here's, you know, the next Last of Us. You just have it now for free. Or God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. It's now yours to play. I just don't see it. Well, My I question, think... too, does does this replace PlayStation Plus? Or is that I... still, is that going to be a whole separate thing? Because if they, if they're like, here's... I think that that's meant to be like the lowest tier. Yeah, tier one okay. is basically going to be PS Plus. Okay, kind of the same way sense. that you can have, you can have Xbox Gold now, then you can for a bit more get regular game pass and then if you get game pass ultimate it bundles it together okay yeah that makes a lot more sense and tier two is basically like getting ps plus and ps now right which currently if i remember right so ps plus is like 60 dollars a year and then ps now i think that's a 10 dollar a month sub i don't know i honestly forget that exists all the time i'm like oh yeah that's the thing yeah, and like I've looked through the catalog every now and then, and I'm like, oh, you know, the, I could see myself playing that it's, on it. But then I look at Game Pass, which I already have, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't need both right yeah, now. Exactly. Really. There's no real choice. It's there's one choice to make. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah it, this this project Spartacus seems to be targeting what Game Pass was originally, um, which is you know, Game Pass originally was still fantastic. I think depending on their library. It's going to be really good um, because I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of, I, I I was a PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 person, and then I swapped to a 360. I have a whole lot of games that I absolutely love from those original PlayStations that I would love to have a chance to play. Um, and I would probably approach the system like a lot of people do with Game Pass as well, that like I'd get it for a month, like a slow month, um, like this upcoming January, you know, we have not too much happening except for like Pokemon at the end of the month. That would totally be a month that I would get this service and would just like nostalgia filled play through like a whole bunch of old PS1, PS2 games because I could. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if the library is big, I'm sold. Like I would happily go back and play a boatload of PS1 games because without the console at least having it it's sometimes it's tough to find some of the the more obscure titles but we've also seen how sony will do will very much only take half steps towards that backwards compatibility um you know already talks about like whether this will be native ps1 ps2 ps3 games or whether it will only be streaming 
Um, you know, what kind of emulation or upscaling is there going to be? You know, Xbox dedicated a whole team to backwards compatibility um, that did a fantastic job. Right. Um, I think but that's where past, the most... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say past, you know, steps into backwards compatibility was um, no backwards compatibility and saying that, you know, oh, I don't believe that people would care about playing these old games. Um, there was the brief amount of time that they were releasing PS2 games for PlayStation 4. Um, you know, I know that Rut was excited because Dark Cloud was on there. Um, I bought Ape Escape 2 on there because that was, you know, a, a game that I loved. But they got to adding, like, I think under 60 games over the course of, like, two months. And then we just never heard anything more about uh, about these PS2 games. So I'd just be hesitant, you know, if it's all as much effort goes into it as with Game Pass it's going to be a fantastic service and I would definitely look forward to it. Um, but if, if they're going to take the same kind of like quarter step, dipping a toe into the pool and then running away from it, then it might just be another dead in the water service. Well, I think that's where the biggest hurdle is, right? Is that the backwards compatibility? Cause it's not just PS one and PS two, but PS three, I think is the really big thing. Cause the PS three did that weird fucking cell architecture. Cell thing, architecture yeah. Right. So like, like even to this day, it's kind of difficult to emulate PS three games. Like I think it's only been in the past few months that you can now emulate every game in the library. And even then not all of them run very well because cell is just so hard to figure out. I and, think as well though, a lot of the PS three games that honestly people are going to be like super interested in playing have already gotten ps4 ports yeah. they not did a really, really good job though. not really though metal gear solid I'm, 4 uh okay Res- yeah metal resistance gear solid. trilogy yeah i mean like yeah not the greatest thing right it's not the halo yeah. killer but like oh, that yeah, was like i'm not doubting that there will be there. there will be things that will get left behind because of the ps3 and its weird architecture choices um which you know allowed it to be more powerful but just was a pain to to, to program on mm-hmm. um, and to move stuff forward but a lot of like the big stuff is uh is off onto ps4 mm. all right that's that's the thing i think i'm most interested in seeing with it is like how far will they go with the ps3 because i think even today it's like it's easy to see that building the ps3 on such a weird architecture has only made things harder for Sony in the long run when it comes to like this backwards compatibility and nostalgia that's fueling most of the industry, right? So if that tier three, you know, pass can get you a reliable library of PS3 games, I'm interested, but it can't be more than $15. Like just straight up. Like I know PlayStation wants to be prestige. They want to be the Apple of the gaming space. It cannot be more than $15. Otherwise... Like Game Pass just has such a good rep, right? Like you can't really beat it. Honestly, if you... Even if it has all that and it's still fifteen dollars, it's still not comparable not, to Game no. Pass. Not yeah. as good yeah, at all. Day one updates are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Xbox I mean... went all in, and that's why it's successful. They didn't take a half measure. They weren't like, oh, maybe we can save money if we don't do this. No, they were just like, YOLO, put it all out there, and it right. has worked out well. I think part of it, though, is that, like, PlayStation knows they hold all the chips here, right? Because, like, even if this Game Pass thing wasn't a thing, they know they're going to make their money back on Horizon Forbidden West. They know they're going to sell a ton of copies of God of War Ragnarok, right? Like, they don't need, I mean, for lack of a better word, a gimmick 
to yeah. get people to play their exclusives. Whereas with Xbox, like there was a pretty long dry spell, right? Until like Halo was probably the one that people most reliably were looking forward to. But I mean, Forza Horizon 5, obviously hugely successful right now. But I think it's because it's built on the back of how many people have invested in Game Pass, how many people have played all of these exclusives on day one because of Game Pass. And now we're like, oh, hey, Xbox has some stuff I'd actually like to buy. And so many like day one indies as well trickle through that like they may not be the thing that at the end of the year you're like, oh my God, yeah, that was the most incredible thing. Um, But just the chance to like day one install and play Echo Generation earlier this year, I had an absolute blast playing. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to review it. Um, The publishers sent us a code. But if I had not been reviewing it, I would have still sat down and played it on day one with Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that that not having those new games that will will be the thing that incur people to go like yeah I'll buy a year of this yeah. versus the I'll play a month blast through some games and I'll let that lapse until I need it again. But like, I kind of get what Scrappy was getting at. Like PlayStation hasn't needed to think that way either because they've yeah. they've they've blown Microsoft out of the water, Xbox out of the water when it comes to console sales the past two generations. I mean, 360 was dominating forever but in the end ps3 won out sales wise and ps4 absolutely crushed the xbox one and yep. it, this this gen is so scarcity and all that too who can say but um well now i mean we know this generation that like you know playstation 5 is outselling series x yeah but then also every week we read stories about how it's still impossible to get either consoles. Yep. So that's why it's, it's so hard to say, like, to can you fairly them. say which one's doing better or who manufactured yeah. the best is basically right now. Yeah. Um, I think Games Pass allows Xbox to win right now because of the fact that it can be that kind of cross-platform PC or Xbox. They're able to get people in an ecosystem that PlayStation can't right now. They just they just dropped games. they just dropped the, the cloud gaming for series x games as well so anyone with a day one xbox one if you have a good internet connection next week you can play the series x version of of halo and get all the benefits of the increased like loading time and stuff yeah and that's also ludicrous to think about yeah Yeah. to to make the entire last generation and make that forward compatible microsoft did a huge 180 with jumping from xbox one to xbox series x like in terms of their mindset as a company towards gaming like in the past i think the xbox was always like kind of that afterthought and now sony's kind of or sony xbox has kind of realized like hey this is this is actually something really big for us as a company (laughs) um and so they're buying first party studios they're investing in insane architecture and all this stuff and it's it's paying off for them um Mm -hmm. i think if sony could do the same and, and could get that same mindset um well sony has a very similar competitive space sony has a very similar approach to what they do that nintendo does and i don't know why nintendo is just like this golden child that gets away with it every single time (laughs) well yeah because they have chris pratt i'm sorry yeah exactly exactly um like they just announced that for their you know nintendo online december 10th Paper Mario 64 will be added. That's it. Just the one one extra yeah. Nintendo 64 game. That was that the you're big enough splash of news that they're 50 like, bucks this, a is, year. this is good enough. Well, 
I mean, let's be fair, right? That's like the last N64 game people really want. Like, that's the, the one everyone was looking forward that's to, right. right? Like, there's no other N64 game that anyone's waiting on for Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, definitely none. That, no. that entire library. No. Port, no. hey, you Pikachu, you cowards. That's right. Everybody's got a <laughs> microphone now. Come on. Yeah, exactly. well, the switch does <laughs> that's true you have to connect Shit. an app to your phone what if they release a special just like they did a special n64 hey you pikachu they release a special switch <laughs> clip a giant bubble microphone yeah. to the top <laughs> it's got it has to plug into the usb c give me that man yeah i don't know i think at the end of the day this like i think playstation is now responding to pressure right because i think they're recognizing oh hey game pass is what's making xbox succeed we need spartacus we need to do something about it right but i just know for a fact like whenever we see the eventual like elder scrolls 6 trailer the last frame of it's going to be available day one on game pass right mm-hmm. when we see the next horizon field as well yeah but when we see the next like god of war ragnarok trailer they're not going to mention shit about spartacus it's just going to be like here's the release date give us 70 dollars or you can't play it yeah they're they're probably not even going to mention that you can get the games on PS4. Well, let's I mean, be honest. Like, kind of what I was getting at a little bit earlier, like, they haven't needed to. They still sell an yeah. insane amount and sell really well. So it's also like, well, so what, what exactly are they trying to weasel in? Are they really trying to be a direct competitor to, to Xbox, or are they just also trying to get a subscription service for people to pay for? Like, is it really supposed to be a one-to-one comparison, or is it just a different thing that they want people to pay money for? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Game Pass is, who knows until they taste it more officially, but... Game Pass's end goal is to end up like Netflix on my bank statement. Just a subscription that I let run that I forget about. Like, I will go yep. months without accessing Netflix, but, you know, they, they want to be... They, they want you to buy them and then forget them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but then remember them when the big thing comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know if, like... And, like, I'm trying to think in terms of... Uh, because I think most of us on staff here are lucky where we have pretty decent access to probably these these devices, right? But there are some people out there who might only have a PS5, right? Or maybe even might only have a PS4 and maybe this game streaming thing to stream, you know, Horizon 2 on their PS4 is like a really nice and enticing idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, it's like, I don't think it's going to compete. I mean, it'll be in the same conversation, but it's always going to not live up. Yeah, I think yeah. Xbox has just set the gold standard, and it's going to be hard for another company to to meet that standard without just going hard. And, and you kind of have to at this point. It's so well established that if you fall short of what Games Pass offers, you're already behind. Yeah. And Xbox also partnering up with EA for the EA Play and just like no additional cost integrating that. Like the Mass Effect Remastered trilogy is hitting, I think next month or the month after. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, you're like, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even particularly want this subscription, but I have it now, so I might as well use it. It's just part of it now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that's the PlayStation Game Pass. We'll maybe see some official announcements of it soon. We'll have to find out, right? But let's talk about the golden child of Xbox Game Pass coming out soon. Halo Infinite, the good space word. I hear some After. people here have been playing it. <laughs> I hear Chris Pratt's yeah, going to so voice was... uh, Master Chief <laughs> in the movie, in this TV show. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be given a code by Microsoft for Halo Infinite as well. And so I've been digging into that. Um, my review should be up on the site by the time people listening to this. And they did they did a really good job to take what was a, a bit of a train wreck of a story from uh, Guardians and reshape it. You know, there's definitely some stuff that they kept in the story. And there's some stuff that they just didn't bring up or just kind of shooed to the side. Like, yeah, don't worry about that. Like, we've got something more coherent happening over here. You know, pay don't pay attention to the to the giant space owl behind behind the curtain. Mm. Is this, is this um, a Destiny reference or? No, that's the that's remember I told you about oh, the giant right, space right. owls that, yeah. that Cortana <laughs> that Cortana got. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I did have to spend like. 20, 30 minutes researching before I, I went into Infinite on what's been happening with the books, what happened with Halo Wars 2, the the RTS game, because I, I just don't have the strategic mind for those, um, and then recapped uh, Halo 5 for myself as well. Mm. Um, but it does a really good job. It feels like this is the... This is half the beginning or half the ending of the last trilogy while also very heavily stepping into the start of a new trilogy with the introduction of the Banished as like the, the main antagonistic force for the mainline game. That seems to be the plan going forward. Um, but it's just an absolute blast. You know, it feels great. It runs great. I was playing it on Series X um, all week. Um, and the open world stuff is so cool (laughs) there were so many times i was walking around the open world like you know grappling between trees and stuff to to move faster across the terrain um that i then like hear a grunt scream or something and i kind of like be snapped back to like i'm playing halo right now like this is weird oh it's weird that i'm in an open world area so you can grapple hook two trees and pull yourself up into the sky yeah then can Mm. you deploy parachute there's no parachute (laughs) is there fall damage in the campaign um no do you get points do you get points for causing mayhem Uh, (laughs) or chaos chaos i I wanted to use a different word but if we want to use that word they've done a real um they've done a really good job balancing how large the world is it's not the biggest map we're not going to see it compared to skyrim or anything um they've done a really good job balancing out the map and how much there is to do in it that it never feels like you get to a new area and it's just like, holy shit, like 80 different things just popped up on my map. Mm. Um, at any point when you capture like a forward operating base, a fob, um, you'll only ever have like five or six things added to your map. Those are kind of the Ubisoft towers of uh, um, of Halo Infinite. Um, can, I, can I ask, does it ever feel checklisty to you where you're like, oh man, I gotta do all of this? Or like you're in it no they they do a good job like they do a really good job indicating on the map like here is your primary objective if you want to just run through the primary objective there's still like over 12 very halo levels like you might go down into the surface um and you have just like a proper linear ass halo level um but then when you're up on the ground you can go to one of the the banished outposts and it might be that this outpost is the one supplying all the weaponry 
to the ring. So, you know, your objective there is to destroy their three different ammo caches and then make your way under the base and destroy what's making the weapons. Mm. Um, and each location you go to, there is like a checklist of collectibles. Um, they do lay it out really nicely um, for for what each area has. Um, and the, the audio logs are fun. There's definitely a lot more collectibles in this one than there has been in previous Halo games. Um, but I wouldn't say at any point it like really feels checklisty. Probably because it's such a small checklist, if any. Mm. Um, and so much can just be avoided or ignored if you don't want to. And you can just play those 12 Halo levels in a row. Mm. So, it, so then it feels more like classic campaign. Yeah. So a lot of like early previews people were saying Breath of the Wild vibes. Is that a, in terms of the open world the I don't think I would say Breath of the Wild. I'm not quite sure what I would compare it to. Probably actually the the closest comparison that I was like really feeling while playing was 2018's God of War. Ooh. How that kind of has that open world, but then it like at certain points it very much breaks down into a a singular path. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I was wondering about that because it, it feels like <laughs> just as a little aside like it feels like these Breath of the Wild comparisons are becoming like the Dark Souls comparisons it's like all right, everything's Dark Souls oh, and now everything that's open world is Breath of the Wild now and it's like alright yeah I, 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 I mean it's it's got an open world but I mean what it, yeah it's it's definitely still very linear Okay. Um, what I kind of dig is that kind of where you end up in the map is also somewhat non-linear. Like you might start in the northeast, but then you take a pelican down to the southeast and then make your way north and then you're somewhere else and somewhere else. It's not like when you look at, um, you look at like the open world map of like Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. and you understand exactly where the story is going to take you <laughs> just because you start over here and then, you know, you'll probably end up all the way down here and just like make your way through the map. Right. So you said earlier that you refreshed yourself with like a ton of Halo lore and books and all that. Do you think someone like me who doesn't know that much about Halo, except for that there is a Master Chief and a Cortana, could I jump into Halo Infinite and get it? I I think you would. there would be a bunch of stuff that they just kind of say that you would need to take at face value <laughs> and just be like, oh, okay. Um, like I know in the, in the cutscenes... Uh, in the trailers, we've seen like the point where Master Chief meets up with the weapon, the new AI that he he has for this campaign. Cortana too. Um, yep. You, yeah, Cortuna, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where she just kind of says, "Oh, I was I was sent here six months ago to mimic the installation and trap Cortana," and you just got to go like, "Okay, sure." Like I, you know, I'm not sure anything of like what that was like or how chief really got here you know if i don't know that stuff but you know you've just got to be like yeah chief is it another halo and the banish show up and they're after something in the zeta halo and they've paired up with this other being weird alien thing called the harbinger um you know at, at its very like top surface level it's a repeat of that same story of Master Chief shows up in a Halo ring and kills hundreds of thousands of, of aliens as he tries to stop them doing whatever they're up to. Mm. Um, 
definitely some of the some of the finer points like you'll get a lot of just names and terminology thrown at you that um you'll just be like okay sure like and even i got mixed up with some of the like the the generals and lieutenants of the banished army um because a whole lot of them have very non-normal english names um and they all don't particularly look too different from one another <laughs> right um, but but those are all introduced in infinite right it's not like you know there was uh or yes no? and no there's the the banished as an enemy were introduced in halo wars 2 this is the first time that master chief has come up against them um and kind of like the importance and the history of the banished isn't really talked about um, but you just know that they're like a splinter group that didn't like the religious nature of the Covenant, so they became their own group that just fights for themselves. Gotcha. They're kind of, I mean, because this is going to add confusion because Spartans are a thing. They're kind of like a Spartan nation within the Covenant. Like, you know, honor in battle, go out, kill stuff. Grr. Glory and violence, etc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to play that because I think, I mean, even though I don't have much of a history with Halo, like there's just a lot about Halo Infinite, the way it's looking, that's like clicking with me in terms of the campaign yeah. stuff. So it's I'm definitely, excited. it definitely kind of hurt. I think it will hurt it a bit at launch that it doesn't have that campaign co-op that's gotten pushed out like six months and stuff. There's definitely times that you're standing at like the forward operating base and there's four different places for you to access ammo from or like access, like picking what weapons you want. It's just like mm-hmm, this is meant to be so that four players at once can all um can all access mm. but that might also just mean that you know maybe six months that that campaign gets a bit of like breath of fresh air as co-op gets added so if he breath knows of the wild pressure <laughs> no. if he knows nothing or very little about halo what if all my some knowledge of halo is rb and the chief much... Then you will be in a similar standing Shit. to uh, to Rob. Arby's in there, right? Of, if, if Halo 1 and Halo 2 were all like a single book, like you'd have like the Lord of the Rings, like a single book, beginning, middle, end, beginning, middle, end. Um, Halo 4 and 5 and what I assumed was, was going to be 6 is kind of like one story told out in three games, kind of how they split The Hobbit out into three movies. Oh. Um, but often now playing Halo Infinite, it's it's really you know it's it's the last half of this four five six trilogy and so much setting up for what will be the future of Halo, um, huh. which I think is grounding itself more, um, and it should be a future that that people are looking forward to. Hell yeah. And I mean, people have been playing the multiplayer in the past few months too, or not months, weeks yeah, too. To the, point that, to the point that as the as as we're speaking about this, the R Halo subreddit is currently locked down due to negativity about not even the gameplay. Is it the battle pass, right? Battle yeah, pass, battle playlists, and probably playlists. melee. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So how are you enjoying? Like, how's how's your rank going? You, uh, still, still diamond, cool? diamond yeah. one. One cool. and a half, I guess. Um, play, I play pretty much every night uh, for the most part. But uh, I think the only things at this point that frustrate me, like the battle pass is the battle pass. Like you can't be worse than Apex Legends Season 1's battle pass. 
Um, the challenges frustrate me a bit. Some of them, I'm just like, how the hell am I going to accomplish this? Because, you know, like one of them was super situational, um, like get a guardian angel medal from halfway across the map or from a, a long distance. And so you have to be lucky enough to get like a sniper and shoot somebody while they're shooting your teammate um, mm. from a far distance. Um, and then melee, melee, the ability, I understand phasing through teammates um, for movement just from a, a fundamental level, but phasing through enemies is causing far more issues than it probably could have solved. Um, like me meleeing through someone instead of actually hitting them is incredibly frustrating. Mm. Um, and uh, it's not hurting me too much. I think I've, I've adapted to it to, for the most part, but it doesn't feel like it has in, in previous Halos. Um, and I think they've at least acknowledged most of those types of issues. So that's good. So you're having fun with it still? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's mm -hmm. good fun. Like if you can suspend yourself from being pissy about the the um, the playlists and just kind of enjoy it for what it is, it's. I mean, it's it's peak Halo for sure. Like again, like last week I was watching hours of jumping videos because people are just uncovering more like insanely cool jumps that you can do across the map like it's like the super jumps of halo 2 um that people figured out like it's it's been really awesome watching the community uncover that kind of stuff it's going to be amazing to see that kind of stuff once like you know because you just have like the the grapple shot whenever mm -hmm. um you can use it to like literally just scale cliffs vertically because nice. it recharges faster than you drop i'm so looking forward to all the kinds of like you know, this kid, like back in Halo One, you'd get like the the Warthog jump trick compilations oh, on yeah. Blood Gulch and stuff. Um, I'm expecting to see a lot of really really cool um, cutscenes and clip compilations and stuff of people just breaking this game. Yes, mm. yes, I'm here for it. the The Halo community has always been great for uh, compilations and mashups. Um, yeah. Would you Would you say the Halo community is better than the Elex Two community? Wow. Okay. Well, first when it's all, a community of two people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's true. It's literally just me and Don. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess a decent segue. Uh, so I can't talk about it yet as of this publish. Oh, but no. I am dropping my <laughs> Elex 2 preview at 11 o'clock um, today uh, of of when we publish this. Uh, so yeah. be, hit, be mashing F5 right. uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to get that sweet early early news early look at what elex 2 is going to be yeah um or not it'll be. probably continue to be just me and don loving it so um mm. andrew talking about an egg. <laughs> dead <laughs> games <laughs> and the cells those <laughs> leave behind no it's it's one of the one of the threats they use in elex oh uh, mm. that's how that's <laughs> the writing huh that's not surprised <laughs> yeah. wow get fucked oh, i can't say anything that's true. Um, Otten, what have you been playing? You know, I, I'm hip and cool with the kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I play new stuff only. It's exclusively. Like Among Us, Fortnite. Uh, yeah, Among Us and that. What's it? Fartnite? Fortnite? Fart, fart knife? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. No, I, so um, we were getting ready, gearing up to do our end of the year awards. And. Um, I was reminded, not that it exists, but I just reminded, oh, yeah, like, Dead Cells has been getting a bunch of, like, updates and content and DLC and stuff added to it. And I haven't played it probably in a while, not not too long since after it launched. Um, and all the stuff they're adding is, like, really cool. 
Um, mm. All the new weapons that they're adding, the even the new enemies just in like the beginning areas is like okay, this is not that they were cakewalks before, but I guess part of it is you know like you kind of get the rhythm down. It becomes very much like a do this, and it feels very because you're moving really quick. All that's been interrupted on me now because it's like what the hell's that thing? Um, <laughs> and I got to deal with that. Um, all of like the enemy skill and muscle memory that you yeah, used to have it's like, is oh, now shit, what the hell is this thing doing? And then like they've added new different kind of weapons, like these spears and like really long bladed things that like have a lot of reach. Um, yeah. that are really cool. Uh, so it's one of those like if someone's like, yeah, I liked Dead Cells and just kind of just put it down because you know you you liked it and moved on. Like there's a ton of new and cool stuff to check out, and it just that the uh, second DLC for it came out. It was early this year, I think, wasn't it? Or yeah, I can't remember. Like the bad seed. That that bad seed was the first DLC, paid DLC. The second right. one, oh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. Um. Anyway, they're real cheap. They're like five bucks, and they add a bunch of cool hmm. stuff. Like, didn't they just announce some more DLC stuff for that? Yeah, there's even well, more like, stuff coming. I think. Yeah, there's like the gangs all here, right? Like all those indie, other indie game. It's uh, characters are coming in, and then they've also got the the new queen in the sea dlc which was announced this week yes, that's, that's coming right, up that's in uh, early 2022 yeah there uh there's just so much stuff as it's like it's it wasn't a small game before necessarily like you could uh get a lot out of it it's sink a lot of yeah, time yeah <laughs> and now there's just there's even more like there's just so much more to do and see and experience it's just it's crazy Mm. Uh, so if, if like if you're like me that has just not touched it in a while, it's now's a good time. It's there's a ton of stuff to do. It's really good. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Dead Cells ever since I first played it. I think in early access, right? Like there's just something about the way it all clicks together that just feels so good. Yeah, like, what, like once you get like a, a well. run going, or you've got that like like a minute long thing where you're just mowing through stuff, making your way through, like that is super satisfying. <laughs> Or like when oh, you yeah. find a weapon that you're like, okay, this is the one. Like this one clicks with me, <laughs> and you yeah, make and then you way. never find it again. Yeah, then you're pissed every run mm-hmm. that you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just something about how you can sun. be like, yeah, you can just be adaptable though, right? And like, even if you don't get your favorite weapon, you can figure something yeah. out. Usually, you'll you'll find at least yeah. something that's like, okay, I like this. Whatever this works. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's an excellent game. And it's it's another one of those like just there's quite a few just little indie smaller games that just get this continual support forever. It reminds me like Hollow Knight got just insane amount of stuff just for a long time. Like it just kept getting more updates. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking into the Gungeon was one like that for me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It's it's pretty good. I like it. It's definitely worth um, taking another look at if you haven't. Or if you liked it in the past, sure. and are just looking for something to give uh, to kill some time with, like there's Dive back a in. lot of new new stuff to jump into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Lord knows there's there's definitely time in the next few <laughs> weeks to jump into stuff. Because um, yeah, I spent the past week. I, I picked up a few indie games that were on Game Pass and played through a few, like uh, Sable and Unpacking. Um, but I finished playing Super Liminal that. Um, that puzzle a first person puzzle game where when you pick up items and then you drop them they change size depending on like your perception to it yeah. right like how big it looks to you um 
and I remember playing it. I think at like a PAX or E3. Yeah, we like went to that. Demo we went event. to the Microsoft campus and played it there. We talked to the dev. That's remember? Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, now that it's on Game Pass, I was like, you know, it's a good time to check it out. Um, I think it's been on there for a while now, though, right? Like earlier this year, but it's very fun, and it's it's uh, like you can tell that these devs played portal and Stanley parable before, right? Like it's very Stanley parable portal vibes. Um, but it's, it is very charming and some of the puzzles do like kind of break your brain a bit in a good way. You know, like it makes you think about things differently, which I think is what the magic of like portal and Stanley parable were, right? Is that they presented a challenge to you that was so unique and different and super liminal has that vibe. Um, but it's pretty short, like you can get through it in maybe an afternoon, but what's pretty cool is when you beat it, they unlock, uh, it unlocks this, uh, director commentary mode. So I just went through the entire game again and just like rushed through the puzzles <laughs> because they have these little, um, buttons you can press where the developers all recorded some voiceover to kind of just give you a peek behind the scenes of like, here's how we created this puzzle or like, here's the, pr here's a problem that we found. And we actually like reverse engineered a solution that gave us a new way to do a different puzzle sort of stuff. And it's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's just seeing the thought process behind it all, you know? Yeah, it's kind of made like, just as an aside with like we don't see more of that kind of commentary, like stuff. I get like, it's hard to do it for a game where you're playing for 20 something hours, but like, you know, movies will have those commentaries you can watch with a game uh, or watch with the movie. It'd be, it'd be interesting to hear more of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this game's like the good size for it, right? Yeah. Cause you know, like I blasted through the game in like 30 minutes, like at the second time. Cause I was just interested in the commentary. Um, so it's that kind of game where you can't just rush through it. Right. Mm-hmm really yeah. enjoy those kind of those games that take things that we take for granted such as gravity and relative size of objects to the observer and spin them on their head yeah. um in a way that like only a video game could like there's no way to correctly establish an experience like that through like a novel or through yeah. a movie um it's, I've it's seen just Inception. gotta be a game about? Mm. <laughs> actually inception is probably the closest you <laughs> really have but even as as like as far and early back as like the impossible staircase in mario 64 yeah. or you know i know that the that the what's that painting horror game layers of fear mm. layers of fear does that as well like you walk into a room and then you turn around and the door's just gone yeah um, and just like how much like fun and trickery can be happening behind you um, when when the player isn't looking, I would not um, call I've that fun. Loved. But <laughs> so with, there's a reason I don't it, play horror games. <laughs> with Super Limo, does it uh, does it just kind of does it throw in extra weird mechanics, or is it really just like you're dealing with this perspective stuff um, and the size of items and moving around a, a space to change their size and use them? Or it, it definitely throws in some weird stuff like. Um... Like, so yeah, the first few puzzles are like, yeah, you can make this pawn, like this chess pawn bigger, smaller, right? Um, to fit through different spaces. But then they throw things like, um, so they have portals too, like doorways. Like you can't make portals. You don't get a portal gun, yeah. but there just are doorways. And then when you're first introduced to them, you're like, oh, okay, they're just set in stone and you can kind of move them around. But then there's a puzzle where like there's a bouncy castle, like it's a big pool, indoor pool, and there's a bouncy castle but it's really tiny. But then if you make it really, really big, 
the door on the bouncy castle is a portal that leads you somewhere else. So then there's more in like, because like if you make the door really big and you walk through it, now you're really small on the other side. Uh, okay. So how does that? Oh, that's cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that sort of thing. Or um, there's one puzzle where you can't actually pick up something, but when you hit it, you clone it. And the clone appears wherever it should appear based on your perception. So now you don't think of it as an item, but now just purely as perception, right? And you know, there, there's little tricks like that where you really have to kind of think about things very differently, even after the first few goes. Good, hey, that's all. Like I love when when games like just take one concept and just do it really, really well and get mm-hmm. just go down that instead of because there's so many. This is a big thing in the like the middling tier of like AAA games they are like, we need all these different mechanics and features when they're all done just okay-ish or not so great. Yeah. But it's like, we have so many features instead of, all right, here's this one like s- relatively simple idea, but we're taking it to all these different ways that we can think of are always really cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's just something about the game that reminds me actually a bit of like Antichamber, if any of you have played that before too, where it's like, it plays with negative space and it's like just things that don't make sense physically like in the physical realm that we can understand and yet it it makes all of that puzzle mechanics that you have to figure out and it's just something that you can't really get anywhere else besides in the video game so it's just it, it, you know if you have game pass i'd recommend super liminal if you're in that mood for just the little afternoon of like some kind of brain bending sort of stuff it's pretty good would you say it's a did you have a lot of difficulty with any of the puzzles? Like, would you say this might be like one to sit down with a, with a friend or significant other and like, kind of like puzzle through it? There, there was one puzzle in the entire game where I was like, I don't, my brain just cannot get this. And I had to look up a guide for it, but the rest of them, it's, you can figure it out. Even if you like, you kind of hit a wall, you just kind of play with it a bit and then then you'll, your brain will click. Mm Hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's super liminal uh, out on Game Pass. Actually, all the games we talked about today, I think, um, are on Game Pass, except the, uh, except the preview one. Dead Cells may have been removed, but oh, has it? It was definitely on. I'd have to I'd have to look up. Dead Cells has definitely been on Game Pass because yeah. that's where I played it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it it may be off now. Not one hundred percent sure. Well, if it is off, I don't know. It's still worth it. I it's think to pick it up. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm for sure it's excellent um i think it won our indie game of the year year. oh yeah it did well that wraps up this week's episode of the tech raptor podcast we hope you enjoyed uh if you like what we did here feel free to leave us a review on apple podcasts or if you're watching on uh youtube you know give us a like thumbs up and comment down below uh are you excited to play as the master chief are you going to be diving into halo infinite and using the grapple hook to climb climb a cliff face straight up let us know so good (laughs) um and if you want more gaming content news features reviews all of that you can go to techraptor.net where you can find rut's uh preview of elex 2 later today you can find that halo infinite review uh and all sorts of other stuff throughout the week Uh, i mean i checked out a physical brick and mortar razor store so that will probably be going up this week if you're interested in hearing more about that um but otherwise this podcast will be back next week and we're going to talk about the game awards and all that stuff. So we'll see you then. So much news. Yeah.